0: Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, and thank you for downloading Monkeys Took My jetpack number 37. In this issue, we are embarking on the first of a multi-part series of discussion sessions, which led up to our beginning to play the Dresden Files game from Evil Hat Productions. If you've listened to this or the GutterScripes podcast for any length of time, you know who Evil Hat is is they are the company who brought us Spirit of the Century, which was the game which got the Gutter Skypes started, which was the podcast that got us started. And in fact, Spirit of the Century was the prototype that got Dresden Files going for Evil Hat. So this is a very interesting kind of going back to the beginning kind of thing. You might be thinking, why would I want to listen to multiple podcasts of discussion leading up to the playing of a game? And my answer is simple. In the Dresden Files game, city creation and character creation are an integral part of the playing experience. So it would have been remiss of me not to include these. And I think you'll enjoy them. It's interesting to see how our brains work. (laughs) Now we did have some notes... To go from, and I've included those in a text file attached to this podcast. So you can kind of follow along with where we were, and that should be fun, or you can just listen. It's not like it's impossible to follow without them. I just thought you might like to see what we saw. Another thing to make you aware of is the fact that there is an announcement at the beginning, which I guess kind of qualifies as old news of anyone reading the forums or reading the blog, but it really hasn't been mentioned in the actual podcast itself, so I wanted to include it here. Especially since we've already aired one issue featuring our new player. So, his time of introduction is overdue. Another thing to make you aware of before we get started... There is a game mentioned briefly that we played that has not yet been posted because, let's face it, chronological order has been kind of shot to hell at <laughs> in this, in this point. The game session you're about to hear, just to give you an indication, was recorded on June 25th of 2012. So, just be aware. Think of it as a teaser for the game. I was going to cut the mentioning out, but it kind of seamlessly leads into some of our discussion, so I left it in. It will get posted. I'm not sure how I will fit it in, given what I've got juggling right now in terms of games we have. We've got Dungeon World and we've got Dresden files, so there's little good space for a one shot. Perhaps I'll put the one shot in after this discussion, but before we actually start playing. The Dresden Files. I don't know. Anyway, without further ado, here is our cast for tonight's, or today's, game session. We have Trilobite, who is going to be our Dresden Files game master. We have myself, Blind Geek. We have Josh. And we have Moondog. So, grab a cup, bottle, glass, or can of your favorite beverage, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Monkeys Took My Jetpack, number 37. We built this city. part one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Monkeys Took My Jetpack. Hi, gang.
1: How you Hey. Doing? Hey, everybody. We still breathe.
0: Yeah, we've heard a new voice in our group. This is Trilobite, who has joined our motley crew of jetpackless.
2: And you poor doomed souls.
0: And here, <laughs> here is why, and what has been going on. Take it away, Josh. Um, yeah,
3: if you've seen the Facebook or the MTMJ website, uh, you've seen that due to different personal issues unrelated to each other, Pat has had to. Uh, bow out of the podcast, and Nikki has had to go on indefinite hiatus. Nothing that you need to worry about they're not in jail or dead or anything.
1: No, they want um, to have real lives.
3: Yeah, it's real life issues, and they've had to bow out. Uh, and we wish them all the best, and yes. all our love and well wishes go with them. And they're hopefully they'll come back. back soon. But because of that, losing two out of four of my cast members for uh, Zorcerer so I've decided as the GM to put it on indefinite hold. I know we kind of stopped in a cliffhanger, and trust us, no one's more uh, disappointed about that than us. But figured it was just kind of best for the game, that we're going to pause it for now, and if one or both of them come back, well, then certainly we'll fire it up again. So, you know, consider it like the way the uh, series finale of Elf was, where, you know, he (laughs) was in the grips of the government, and we never found out what happened until years later, and a TV movie came along. But that's besides the point. Wow, I did not know that.
0: I am a huge ALF fan, and I'm rather embarrassed I did I not know that. I love
3: the game with <laughs> the alien. Wow. Anyway. anyway, so we're moving on with a new game. We're actually recording and playing now. Amazing. Yeah. And we've got a new player, a new old player. He's been around. Actually, I don't think he's actually technically played with us on the podcast before, but we've played with him. Why, well, it's Trilobite from Porcelain Llama Theater. Which is and another had, great uh, podcast you would do well. Another to great check podcast out. you should listen to. Why aren't you? What's wrong with you?
2: <laughs> maybe because they have brains that work. I don't know.
3: I don't know. They listen to ours. So, <laughs> yes. you know that's,
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, it. that's that does count against them.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he's with us. We've lost Pat and Nicky for now, unfortunately, but we've gained a trilobite. And we're going to continue on. We've got some exciting new games coming down the pike. Yep,
1: we do. And, you know, you might actually hear some Truth and Justice episodes one day.
3: Maybe, you maybe.
1: Mean, anything could happen.
3: I mean, yeah. some people think they still exist. <laughs> yeah. No proof that we ever played them.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: Yep. But yeah, you will be hearing from them in other jetpack flashbacks that have yet to be
1: <laughs>
0: put up. We'll
1: go with the flow and keep putting out products.
0: That's right. Yep. We're going to keep flying. We aim to misbehave. That's right.
1: We're never going to die. That's right. We're Adapt,
2: ju- improvise
0: and overcome. We're just too pretty yep. for God to let us die. Semper fi. Uh, (laughs)
2: Shoes for industry
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yo Joe
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I just wanted to say Thank you very much I'm tremendously flattered And honored by being asked To join The Jetpack crew I mean this is a top notch podcast And uh, I wish it was under better circumstances I'm going to miss hearing Pat and Nikki. But I'm really, really glad to be here. Thank you guys a lot. I really, really appreciate it.
1: We're honored to have you, sir. Glad to have you.
3: I am excited about this Dresden game.
2: Me too.
1: (laughs) Me too.
3: I've been going through it all. I've been brainstorming character ideas and my (laughs) original wizard idea kinda got shuffled way to the back for the new one I want to do. Which Uh, I mean it's still still (laughs) wizard, but like the idea has been changed dramatically
2: i feel like a blushing bride i'm like <laughs> i was actually getting nervous as the skype no, call
3: No came up. no pressure i'm very impressed by the amount of detail you put into uh isla del oro i know man <laughs> we don't really have that much work to do because it's
0: kind of sitting there but you kind of made the mundane version of the city and then we get to fill in the supernatural stuff
2: Exactly, that's the idea I hoped to put this kind of stuff out there that you might find If you were looking into a real city And I've just put it out there It's just sitting there
3: Pearl Street really spoke to me, I don't know why, it just kind of did So like my wizard's actually going to be a busker This high concept Bohemian wizard lives in a commune with a bunch of other people and some of them dabble in magic clumsily and he's like, I gotta keep an eye on these people because they don't know what they're doing and they're probably not going to do anything because they're all using books they got from Walden's, but you never know. (laughs) Walden's doesn't exist. So I'll
4: just...
3: (laughs) Hey guys, what you doing? I'm playing at the Ouija board, huh? Alright, well, there's... That's safe. Have fun. Too many people doing it
2: for anything dangerous to squeeze down the pipeline.
3: Yeah, it's... But still, it's like, note to self, watch Brenda.
2: (laughs) And not just for the obvious reasons.
3: (laughs) Correct. Yeah, because I don't think I'm going to play a warden like I was planning. Mm.
2: Why not? I think that could be a lot of fun. I'm just curious. Uh, Partially mechanically,
3: because I don't really want to bot myself down to one fate point. Mostly just because I like the idea of this character, as conceived, getting into trouble with the wardens. His trouble is going to be poor choice and friends. <laughs> Steve did what? Oh, no. All right. <laughs> oh, my
2: God. I can identify with that 100%. Yeah,
3: so it, it was partially mechanically and partially just the way this character developed in my head as I was thinking about him. It's like, now nah, you have more trouble getting into trouble or trying to avoid trouble than mm-hmm. watching it. Because my other concept was to have, like, a new young warden who is the rookie up-and-comer. Mm-hmm. Which that would cool. be
2: good too. That would work, especially
3: given the situation. Yeah, I also had another idea for. Uh, well, you can use them for NPCs. The other uh, idea I had was to do like a wizard who was late 40s, overweight, divorced, had alimony, and all that. and was just going to be the exact <laughs> non-cool wizard you could have. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, my wife's leaning on me for back pay on alimony. I well, al- demon, I'm a borderline demon. alcoholic. Ah. <laughs> Fox says roids are flaring up again. Damn, <laughs> <shame smoking.
2: laughs> and,
3: and now there's zombies. Oh Jesus! This Christ. is
2: going to be hell on my
3: IBS. Yeah,
4: exactly.
3: <laughs> I thought that might be fun too.
1: <laughs> I do have some reading for tomorrow. It looks like with all these emails. Excellent. Well, and you I'm see, Chris, tomorrow. the
0: problem is we're discussing it tonight. So if you—no, I'm just—yeah, but that's I'm, yanking that's no your problem. chain.
1: No, I'm just. I,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, don't tell him it's no problem. I want to make him feel guilty. No, So how much have you read serious. of it, Eric? I've
1: read a little. Well, I've no, read more too. than you have. <laughs> I just read the part about where he is proud and sincerely appreciates becoming an MTMJ crew member. As well, he should. Yes, and I
0: do. In fact, there's a thirty dollar entrance fee. I've been meaning to talk to you about. Oh yeah, that's in the mail. Yeah.
1: No, 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 no. He's sending you thirty dollars. So <laughs> no. Eric gives everybody thirty dollars to play with him.
0: It's a thirty dollar entrance fee because there's a game I want to get that I don't have money for. That's thirty dollars. You see? So no, what game is a that? In your chain, it is called Leagues of Adventure, and it's a game using the Ubiquity system. And get it's, your
1: wife on, and I'll convince her to give you thirty
2: dollars. She it. just left for class. Yeah. (laughs) Well, she does have class. So, gentlemen, one of the questions I wanted to ask was, when do we want to set this game? Or rather, when do you want to set this game?
3: Hmm. I had considered it. I just kind of assumed it was going to be a current. 1875! Or are you talking like in regards to the books? Where
2: in regards to the books?
3: Oh. Oh. Um... You have not read changes yet. No. Nope. Where is the re- who? Who has not read all the books? Eric Me. hasn't.
1: I'm Eric. A...
0: Now, depending on when we want to start actually playing this, I can make that a timeline and say, "All right, I've got a month to read the, or a week to read three <laughs> books."
3: I can catch up if well, I. Well, it
1: comes very hard for us to design stuff when he doesn't know the end game.
3: I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say we should probably stick with the set the timeline that the core book has which i think is uh up to small favors
2: so during the vampire war
3: during the vampire war yes
2: okay where that all sounds good the, to me where
3: where no major faction has been compromised
0: Ooh, I, now i'm wanting to read i mean just make that self-enforced deadline now because you're talking <laughs> you should, about anyway. i'm like damn i didn't know the war was over holy crap okay
2: So the Vampire War, I think that's awesome because that provides a lot of possibilities and there's all kinds of dynamic stuff and that could lead to a real tone of action. And I want to get into brainstorming about the city, but I'm curious to know what kind of tone and what sort of elements are you guys looking for in the game itself? What do you want to see? What do you absolutely not want to see? I'm talking factions, elements, types of stories... What do you want out of this game?
0: Um, well, for myself, one of the things that kept me from wanting to run a Dresden Files game was that me and political intrigue don't do very well. My eyes start to glaze over, and I kind of go, ah, that's why I've never read The Song of Ice and Fire. So, also, it's not very good. <laughs> probably so well-founded. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, if we're going to be doing stories of political intrigue, just be warned, you probably will have to bring me up to speed a lot or hit me over the head with a sledgehammer to get the idea across because I'm not very good at
1: keeping track Can you track define of... political intrigue?
0: Uh, where you've got, like I was even having trouble in the series, I am very happy that Jim Butcher sees fit to constantly remind you who the Red Court and the Black Court and the White Court are because even right now, if you were to ask me, what's the Black Court? Huh? I don't know. It just... Perhaps Stoker vampires. Yeah, but see, you know that. For me... Even that little bit, just I, for some reason, have a hard time retaining it. And once I'm reading the book and I'm back in the universe, I kind of go, okay, yeah, that's right. For,
3: for what it's worth, Harry Dresden is bad at political intrigue, too.
0: <laughs> or the whole thing with all the fairy shenanigans that are going on and all the fairy... I, I just go, what? What? Just just get on I just kind of let that wash over me and let's get back to what Harry's doing.
3: You might want something a little more local-based as opposed to world-spanning. Yeah. Okay, I can get down with that.
2: Moondog, what say you? What kind of tone what elements are you looking for?
3: Well, I was looking
1: for the political intrigue.
2: <laughs> well, here's the thing. You can have a game that has multiple elements by following different types of stories, and there's just all kinds of tricks you can do to bring stuff like that in. So you're looking for some intrigue. You
1: want I'm looking for a dark I want to get emerged into that war... Between the factions, Mm -hmm. I want to be drawn into it. I want to manipulate and backstab and cheat. (laughs) So it sounds like we can do that. Vampire. Yeah,
3: Mm -hmm. I think we can do that. It's just a matter of uh, Eric's going to require some actual personal motivation in it.
1: Well, and I think what Eric's saying is sometimes he misses the mega plot.
0: I know, not sometimes. I I generally miss the Mega Plot. It's it's the the exception when I go, oh, okay, I see what's
1: going on. I think that's perfect, because your character's not going to know the Mega Plot either sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
3: you're going to play your thing at Night of the Cross still?
1: I was thinking about it, yeah. Uh, I I just
3: love that. It's going to be more like, Vampire War, Shmampire War, there's some bloodsuckers eating children.
0: Well, that's my... Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of character I want to play... So I almost want to shy away from that because it's what I generally play. I am a big fan of Spider Man for the same reason. Spider Man, even though he's involved in a lot of cosmic stories, his main thing when I, in, in the eras that he's I like the guy him who in anyway. Weans. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy who, you know, he sees someone who's getting. A, a woman's about to get raped. He's going to come in and knock some heads together and put a stop to that. Excellent. At the risk of getting all psychobabbly. My dad was a cop. And I think there's a certain amount of me that if I could see, I would have gone for that because i it's the whole helping people. So I try not to be a Mary Sue role player, but by the same token, that's where my passion lies. So that's kind of where we I tend play to. with what we enjoy. Yeah, and so... If
2: there's a passion behind it and if you enjoy playing it, I'd say enjoy it. Yeah. We'll get into characters a little bit later, but we mm-hmm. can accomplish both those things. Yeah, yeah I think so. Playing a, a character... Where the character is not so involved in some of that, or as interested in some of that, can actually help protect you, kind of, and uh, keep you in the game, even if it's focused on something else. So, no problem. Yeah, I'm
3: fine with big plots and small plots, and I'm fine with both personal and the political stuff. So that's not a problem for me. I like having my NPCs and connections involved, and I have no problem with abusing my NPCs. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. Like, oh, so-and-so got hit by a car driven by ghouls. Well, I guess I should go fix that. Which is why I chose the trouble I did with the, as it stands right now, is the poor choice of friends trouble, specifically for that. Tone-wise, I was thinking probably pretty much how Butcher writes, which is some dark and desperate situations, but leveled of comedy, because let's face it, there's gonna be, we've we've all played with each other. We're not the type that can. We've heard the podcast.
4: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think that'll probably take care of itself. I don't want to put words in people's mouths, but it sounds like all of you are pretty much looking for that same tone. Yes. So some dark?
0: What kind of tone are you looking for?
2: I'm looking for the tone that will make my players happy and keep them interested.
0: (laughs) Fair Um, point, but you are also... I have a number
2: of proto-stories, which are currently sort of... They haven't even woven their cocoons yet. Um, they're plasmids kind of just gelatinous beings waiting <laughs> to be shaped into lethal horrors which I can unleash upon you through whatever avenues you leave open yeah. my pleasure really is going to be in creating a story and then seeing what you guys do to mess it all up and see what happens <laughs> see what happens in the world that we create together that's the angle I'm coming at it from so
0: it explodes you oh, it, like I- possibly. <laughs> We could get we, to that We point. turn it into the Dresden Files, the post-apocalypse. <laughs> Magical mutants roaming this, the burned-out city. Si- Dude, I was joking, but I'm starting to think this sounds kind of cool. Magical yep. mutants roaming through the burned-out husk of a city. And, okay, I'm
3: done. and That's okay. I like high stakes in this. High but personal stakes.
2: Gotcha. And yeah. something that's worth mentioning just... Uh, I like to create a world and a situation and then just kind of run it as it is. And then what my players do is what my players do. I don't necessarily feel like I have a story laid out like a trail of breadcrumbs that my players have to follow. There's a world going on, and my players are in it, and I just love to see what happens.
3: Okay, so sandboxy type?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Which... No there's going to be shit going on and your characters are obviously going to be motivated and things like that so it's not just kind of like sitting around the coffee shop deciding what to do but if you end up like that that's sort of
3: on your heads as players yeah this is the way this game is designed is designed specifically for that Like there should always yes. be something to do because we're going to determine as a group what's going on so, so what yeah. about
2: supernatural elements let's get a little bit specific here if you guys want to what do you like about dresden world what do you want to get involved with specifically what I kind like, of plots what I kind like, of characters
3: i like the multiple factions and not just good guy and bad guy but there's five or six different factions all with conflicting desires and goals and methodologies mm-hmm. yeah
1: and they're not good or bad goals. i mean they're, they're just well, so,
3: some are quite black most are gray very few white shades of gray is all yeah. that i find Even, like, the White Council's pretty shady. The Fairy Courts are... They're not even on the color spectrum. (laughs) Yeah. The Three Knights of the Cross are ostensibly pretty good. Mm -hmm. But the Church has got its own agendas.
2: As most Churches do. So are there any particular factions that you guys want to see, or other elements that you guys want to see? White Court.
4: Hmm...
3: I, I'm definitely like going
1: to need the white court there. I like the fairy courts. sense to me. I'm and, sorry, uh, I, Josh. Repeat your last?
3: Is that I like the fairy courts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm.
1: I do too, actually.
0: I, I don't necessarily, like I said, I, I have a hard time sometimes remembering what the hell, <laughs> but but <laughs> but a, I love I'm, all I'm the. An old,
3: I'm an old changeling fan, so. <laughs>
4: the it's I, I salute
3: King, you, Seely and, and I like the uh, Earl King, the Wild Bay too. Mm-hmm. The wild card.
2: Okay, like, so I'm hearing uh, White Court. I'm hearing that you guys really like the way there's lots of different factions that are playing off on each other, and it's not a very simple world. And I'm also hearing that you guys like the Fae.
0: And
3: I like the werewolves.
2: Uh-huh, okay. Werewolves of all kinds, stripes, and varieties.
3: White Court, obviously, yeah.
2: Red Court. Okay.
3: And Red Court. Yeah, if we're going to have it during the Vampire Wars, then definitely Red Court should be around. Yeah. If yeah if
1: it's I'm it's Yep, I'm thinking the Black Court, I, maybe they're behind the scenes, not yeah, really. Black
3: Court's always been subtle anyway.
1: Yeah. Uh, white yeah, Council. Have to be these days.
3: Yeah, White Council.
1: Gotta mm-hmm. have the Council.
0: You were asking about what part of Dresden Files we like, and I didn't really answer that question because I was thinking about it. Uh, what she like sir? Because if I'm not as into the intrigue, what do I like about the series? And I guess this kind of goes hand in hand with what we were talking about earlier. I like the character dynamics. I like the fact that, I got Michael helping me out with this, but oh shit, his family is yeah. is getting affected yeah. by this. And I like that mm-hmm. too. And then I loved the whole thing with Harry Dresden and LaShiel.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was an awesome, uh, you know, here you can have this power. It comes at a hell of a price. Can you find yeah. a way to get around that price? And it, I like the fact that it wasn't just, you are doomed to do this if you take this route. I love the fact that there was that chance that he could find a way to I'm a big redemption fan yeah. yep. and I love the fact that he in his own way was able to redeem her
2: I, or, so what it sounds like to me is you really enjoy the fact that it and I kind of hear that from all you guys, that it feels like a living, breathing world where actions have consequences and the people that we meet are entire people with their own lives that intersect with those of the main characters but aren't necessarily all about it.
3: Right, Right. and again, that's one of the reasons why my character, as I'm envisioning, is living with a bunch of people who don't know better. Excellent. Okay. Okay. Uh, The other thing is, too, um, especially since I'm playing a mage, I am probably going to end up blowing up buildings because I will not have a problem in using the mechanics to generate fallout. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't great. make my roll? I guess that all bleeds out into the environment. Sometimes. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, keep that in mind. I've only ran Dresden about two, three times, and I always manage to have the characters blow up a building somehow.
2: <laughs> so I've heard a lot of positive stuff, what you guys want to see. Give me at least one thing negative. If there's something you absolutely don't want to see, tell me. If there's things you're not so sure about, let me know so that I can use those against you. I mean, so that I can consider what to do with that.
3: It's not a game killer for me, but special investigations and the actual stuff from the government or the local constabulary doesn't really interest me. Oh, see? This is where we run into problems, because I love the local constabulary crap. It took me four books or more to even like Murphy. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, that's one of my favorite <laughs> parts of the series I love Murphy now Damn it! I hated her for the first several books
2: If I can ask real quick Is it more the police procedural investigative it's aspect more, you care for? It,
3: That's part of it I'm not a big police procedural guy But it's mostly like I've done and seen government monster hunters to death So it doesn't Roger. interest me It's not a game breaker for me It's not going to really grab my attention though Okay yeah, between World of Darkness and M-Force and Stalking that Fantastic. Oh, I see and, what you're saying. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. everything else, I have got, it's like, yep, Government Monster Hunter, X-Files. It's like, nah, meca- yeah, meca- nah, nah. nah. I, I, okay, there I do agree with you that,
0: then, yeah. now that you're elaborating. I think I am more in agreement with you. I like the like,
3: old veteran cops that are like, yeah, there's something weird going down on the Lower East Side. We just don't go out there. That's fine. No problem. You know, mm-hmm. there's... Uh, down there on Front Street, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we don't talk about Front Street.
1: I would uh, not that, have a problem if thinking. they wanted to come after me.
4: There you go.
1: Okay. Gotcha. I don't know if I want to do – see, I think he's talking about the side where we kind of investigate and have the police investigating with us. Yeah. I don't think there's a problem if the police decide they want to come after
2: us.
3: Yeah, I have no problem okay. with them. at spoils, yes.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not the entire idea of organized moral authority dedicated to seeking out the supernatural. It's more that you don't it. want to be too involved with that. At least yeah. you don't want to be on that side.
3: I don't want to be on that side, yeah.
2: Roger. Okay. He's got okay.
1: a clue finding. Occasionally,
3: finder. cops come up like, hey, there's a strange murder. We can't. yeah fine. But, you know, I don't care about. I'm not. Yeah, I don't want to be monster hunters. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he doesn't want to be called by the police like Dresden all the time.
2: Okay, can do. So, are we blasting down doors, or are we solving mysteries?
3: I'm fine with
4: both.
3: Oh,
0: I tend to gravitate more toward the blasting down doors, but if it was just blasting down doors, that would get
3: old, so I'll I'm, say both. I'm pretty much going to with Eric on that, pretty much word for word. <laughs> so you guys I, I don't mind mysteries, lot. but I'm going to blast down some doors. I'm not going to lie. There's going to be some door blasting either way we go.
0: I
2: tend to be more
0: action
3: first, think about it later.
2: You guys want a lot of action, but with a plot to back it up.
3: Yes. Yeah. I don't and necessarily so- want mysteries where we get everyone in the foyer. It's like, well, if that didn't happen and that didn't happen, then it must be this. But, One know, of like, you killed
0: Mrs. McGillicuddy.
1: <laughs> and see, <laughs> I'm not going to have a problem blasting down doors, but my character is going to be motivated to get other people to do it for him.
3: Also, okay. So, so that man, we, I'm trying to think we, of movies that would work well with this thematically wise, like that. Not thematically, but action wise. i like, I don't necessarily want. Well, maybe James Bond and Jason Bourne's not a bad example, where there's something going on, but we're going to get through it in a pretty direct way. Mm -hmm. even going undercover. Leverage might be actually a pretty decent example. Now think about it. Where there's a problem, we're going to go through it and there's not like a mystery we have to solve, but there's a problem and we need to figure out how to get around it.
1: See, and I'm more like the national treasure kind of guy.
3: That also works, yeah. It has
1: a little bit of mystery there, but it also still has steps and...
3: We don't want Agatha Christie. Well, We kind of ran
0: into this problem in the game last week, and I noticed, and I feel I almost owe Chris an apology, because we had this... I still feel like it was in character... And it worked out fine, but I noticed this problem came up. Chris wanted to do the, let's make them think we're doing this and make, make them think we're, you know, we'll go undercover and make our way into the stronghold of the enemy. and What we'll, it's worth
3: I had both contingencies? We'll lie
0: and, and, and make them think we're this. And, and I'm just like, let's go. <laughs> let's charge and kill them all. <laughs> you
1: know, so. And see, that was fine for a one-shot. <laughs> yeah. Now, if every week you do that to me in Dresden Files, then I'm going to get some Red court vampires after you. I'm not if gonna to do that either. Yeah, if no. you do it ever I mean, I have no problem with the one shot, and I still ended up doing what I wanted to do anyway. You caused the distraction; I went off and did my thing, so you don't have to apologize to me at all. But you if every single, I'm gonna one shot
4: that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna feel like, jeez Eric doesn't like me as a player because he doesn't let me make any decisions. If you do that every week to me,
2: and I wouldn't,
1: you never have. So I didn't feel like you stepped on my toes or anything. Okay. You were playing a dumb barbarian, yeah, dumb barbarian. Do that
2: <laughs> very well, my dad. And right? then I said, okay,
1: if he's going to do dad. that, I'm not going to have a problem with it. I'll just do my own thing, and somehow we'll meet together, and we're cool. And we'll that's probably draw their attention lot.
4: while you sneaky sneaked and sniped. Yep.
3: I mean, that's if you're going
1: to play a knight and I'm playing a white-court vampire, I'm not sure we're going to get along all that often.
3: That's going to make some interesting dynamics. I like yes. and eager that's eager also to see fine. how that's going to happen. Are you yeah, going to go with gonna... lust or a different emotion?
1: I think I am going to be going with a different emotion. I don't really want to... My character... Doing, I was... I,
3: Alan Alda, I, I can see him doing greed or something.
1: <laughs> well, I was thinking greed on there. I've been thinking about it. Flock. I don't really want to be a uh, white court vampire stuck on sex. Okay. So that well, type well, of my thing guys I
4: think there. there. I think about
1: it. <laughs> Alan Alda Just... would be stuck on sex, but um, yeah.
3: <laughs> but... <laughs> well, I keep thinking Alan Alda now. That's my problem. Well, and, the, and the night thing is not
0: necessarily etched in stone for me because I'm yeah. trying to come up with things. I don't want to be a carbon copy of Michael. Michael Carpenter.
1: Yeah, I've been having a problem with and that, just, too, because playing a white-court vampire, I don't want to be a carbon copy of... God, what's his name again? I
3: can't remember his name, either. <laughs> Tom, not Thomas. 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 And that's why I
1: think it. I do want to pick a different emotion. I may want to go off of fear.
3: Ooh, that's a good
2: one. All right, let me pause you guys there before we get too far into characters. Right. What I... It's no problem. Just By the way, I'm just kind of keeping... A structure of a sort. So yeah, we're supposed it sounds to come like... up
3: with like cons, uh, city, and then like, oh, this is an interesting character. I'll play him.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't feel like we have to do all that. I just want to make sure we get some of this stuff taken. Yeah, out. I
3: mean, it's hard to avoid. We're going to get. We're going to have character ideas coming in.
2: Uh, uh, yes, definitely. So it sounds like we're looking at basically adventure. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, maybe dark adventure, if that's even a word. Adventure mm-hmm. with some dark plot in the background.
3: Like that like if if we don't succeed, bad things will happen. Okay. Yeah. I but I want to deal
1: with the emotions am, but... and the relationships yeah. and mm-hmm. if this you know...
3: doesn't happen, my mother will will be sacrificed or something like that.
2: <laughs> and with the interactions between people and how your actions, successes, failures, lack of action change that and change the world with the people being a very strong mm-hmm. part of the world
0: yeah that yeah. sounds awesome yeah
2: okay okay yeah no freaking pressure um okay so
3: I'm thinking the no, uh, I can handle the, that. the thematic aspect for the game for the setting because we have to come up might be actions have consequences
2: so actually let me go ahead and make that transition then because that's a good segue. you um. <laughs> I'm a pro into the city itself. I know not everyone has had the chance to look over the ridiculous info dump that I created, but I thought we might kind of take a look at the city and maybe try to get at least our three themes and threats. But first, I just want to sort of brainstorm about the city. The book suggests doing that to begin with, and I think personally that's an excellent idea. Is there anything from what you've had a chance to look over recently or whatever that's grabbed your attention? Anything at all?
3: Pearl Street really snagged me. I don't know why. I like the idea of the whole big group of street performers and all that. I thought that might be neat to have them somehow connected to the fairy courts or something, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I like the idea of the uh, Legends of the Amazons. <laughs> Back in my Smallville game, I had an idea I never got to use, which was the Amazons kind of making incursions back into the real world and running a women's clinic where they would secretly recruit warriors.
0: I'm liking the forts, actually. I'm not sure what about them I'm finding intriguing. I just think there's something cool that could be done with them.
3: We got conquistadors, too, which would be cool to have. I thought Hernando Cortez as a red court vampire would be pretty bad because he was a nasty, nasty piece of work. And yeah. having him old and crazy and still wearing the armor and...
0: What if Doc Holliday was a wizard?
3: Dude! That would kick ass. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Had a, a uh, little flash there. I'm... We're in the totally wrong area for that. I but... know, but uh, we could... Hey, you know what? So, actually, in Deadlands, Doc Holliday was a wizard. Oh, well, there you go. He was a game. huckster, yeah. He it's was... an awesome game. It I is just... a great setting.
2: So just... you like the forts, I and mean, you don't really know what it is about. Was there anything that grabbed your attention?
0: Well, I know, I know. I mean, I'm a huge Western fan, so when you were talking about forts, I had visions of what that entails from before. But I knew we Mm -hmm. weren't going to be setting our games in the 19th century, so I was kind of like, well, how could this be incorporated? I forgot about the fact that some of these people are vampires who've been around since forever. So it's entirely possible there could be some enemies or friends with that
3: mentality.
2: Fort Hagen, everyone pronounces it Fort Hagen. But if you ever meet a historian, he would correct you. It's Fort Hagen.
3: Perhaps um, it Hagen, just because Mark Raine Hagen's the guy who created uh, vampire oh, After
2: raid. So that is definitely a 19th century structure. I mean, it was built during the Civil War, just after the Civil War, and the core of it never really changed. And the part of it that's still intact, that's still open to the public and everything, is that core 19th century fort. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, across the bay... Fort Wright. Fort Wright was just completely destroyed pretty much in 1944. I mean, it wasn't just totally obliterated, but it was so badly damaged, and then the fire swept through it, and the Navy was leaving anyway. The Army had already left. It just no one ever bothered to repair it, and the world moved on.
3: The yeah, I wanted on. to change. A very
2: dark tower of you, sir. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you could play Living Dead Doc Holiday. just saying. Hmm.
4: Or someone hmm. else from California.
3: The only California folk hero I can think of is Zorro.
2: So there's a, I hate the term urban legend. No, actually, I think it's okay to apply to this. There's an urban legend that there was a tunnel built under the bay between Fort Wright and Fort Hagen. And there's all kinds of stories about it and what may or may not have happened to it and what went on down there and stuff.
3: That could be a neat correlation to Chicago Below or whatever it was called. Mm Mm-hmm under del oro or whatever i'm thinking
0: about character and i shouldn't be come on focus on what we're focusing on eric <laughs> that's
2: okay. okay man part of the idea of this is to let it inspire stuff yeah, yeah. so uh um, moon dog i know you didn't get really a chance to read a lot of the craziness that i put out there i thought we might just kind of do a quick overview of the city okay and then question and answer type stuff or whatever we end up getting into is fine Let me give you just a brief view of Isla del Oro. And a note to our listeners, yes, I know that properly it should be Isla de Oro. That's a corruption. It got introduced in a map somewhere. Someone repeated it, got into a newspaper, and now locals say that. And if you correct them on that, you mark yourself as an outsider. It's like going to San Francisco and calling it Frisco. Well covered. Intentionally introduced. (laughs) So Isla del Oro, coastal city, southern California... It's equidistant almost exactly between Disco and Los Angeles, just a couple hours' drive from either one. It's a major port city. It has one of the busiest ports in America and, therefore, in the world. I mean, it handles like 3 million tons of cargo a year. And it also has a uh, tremendous refinery out there, the Golden Eagle Refinery, which is also one of the largest in North America, which makes it a really big refinery, even on the world scale. Uh, It had been a military town, but largely after World War II, a lot of that closed down. Vandenberg Air Base is just to the south, some of the suburbs of Isla del Oro come up almost to Vandenberg Air Force Base. So the airbase is sort of an employer and there's a little bit of the aerospace industry in there. But again, after the end of the Cold War, a lot of that got cut back too. The northernmost part of Isla de Oro uh, is called the Heights. It's a very hilly region covered in a lot of California oak. A lot of old homes up there, many of them owned by celebrities who want a Wood Hills, or away from Los Angeles, so a lot of folks have quiet homes up there that are showpiece homes. But you don't necessarily hear about crazy, insano parties there, unless you guys really like that idea. And we can go. I got no problem uh, with
4: crazy,
3: insano parties. <laughs> yep.
2: It's sort of cradled by a set of mountains. If you talk to a geologist, called the Sangre Santos are an extension of the sangre christos mountains in general it's a warm balmy tropical town i mean when you picture california coastal city you've got isla del oro in mind okay isla del oro is home to the fighting pinnipeds (laughs) operating out of uh, university of california isla del oro uh it's a Pretty big campus. Um, it's a research campus. I mean, they have a good educational program and everything, but they also do some research there. There's a little bit of that. Isla Oro is not terribly far from Los Alamos. And outside of Isla del Oro, there's the Theoretical High Energy Research Institute, which is a government funded think tank that does some experimentation into high energy physics. There's a working observatory has some very old telescopes, but still functioning, still working. Most of the water is supplied by big reservoir to the east of the city, up in the Sangre Santos. There's a big dam up there. Some of the water comes from Hetch Hetchy, which is actually near Yosemite. That's a brief overview of the city, kind of the, the broad strokes.
3: I like old observatories, which is why I kind of like the idea of somehow having that connected to the White Council. Like, maybe it was part of a magical construct or ritual used to monitor an outer gate. Mm-hmm. Give me uh, a question
2: or two, Moondog.
1: Question about what? The city?
2: Yeah, about the city. Or they grabbed your attention at all. I know that was kind of a rambling bit to sit through there, but...
1: Sure. How large is the city?
2: Physically, it's about the size of San Francisco. Feels a lot bigger than it is if you're driving around it. If you walk across it, it doesn't take that long. Population wise, the total area, which includes, it's sometimes called Six Cities Area by older residents, uh, includes a number of towns around it Pismo Beach, Shell Beach, Arroyo Grande, etc. It's about 7 million people. Wow. Which is comparable in size to San Francisco or uh, San Diego.
1: Nice. So would you say the city is in a growth spurt right now or is it in decline?
2: Josh, what do you think? What's your feeling about
3: that? I was going to ask what's its main industry. Its, it's main soo- industry it Sounds like it's pretty progressive and growing.
2: It's definitely trying. It's got a good solid industry in the refinery and in the cargo port. And that's it's very much a blue collar industrial core okay would you say it's
1: recovered from all the loss of the military and because i assume up until world war Two, that was it's booming oh yeah yeah thanks so when world two ends the military closes bases or whatever do you feel like the city has recovered
2: from that or still in the recovery stage it's trying it was in a long slump and now it's trying to come back
4: Okay,
3: and especially with the industry, if it's all imports and industry right now, then right now in America, it's going to be having problems.
1: So do you feel that the supernatural has hindered its growth or helped it?
2: I picture actually some hindering because we're close to the area that traditionally the Red Court had some of the most power in.
4: Yeah.
2: And... They manage their human stock, but they're not necessarily good for a stable society. So, so we, I think some of that influence has caused some problems here.
3: Yeah, so we could have the city trying to get back on its feet again, trying to rebuild itself and its infrastructure while the uh, soups in charge have been working to keep it down because it would be easier to uh, control the populace that way.
1: So we, we still – the, the Red Court has a huge play in the city.
3: Yeah.
2: That works for me. Maybe There's the white. Court. I'm
1: for that too. Yeah. Excellent. Maybe the white court's trying to make some inroads. Maybe the white council is making inroads. Maybe the Ferries are making inroads, and that's what's keeping the city from really booming.
3: I imagine the white court more trying to keep everything from boiling over into a full-scale war and explosions.
1: Yeah. But a lot of, kind of a lot of players are some. now trying to get a piece of the pie.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. white court always struck me as more of a status quo type of place. Like, okay, we got red court here, we got white court here, we got fairies coming in. We need to make sure that everything stays on the down low and buildings don't blow up.
2: Yeah. And they really try to stay out of more affairs as much as possible. So, yeah. But you, know, you concerned with the red court keeping people down here.
3: Yeah, they might not be concerned. As long as things are peaceful, we're fine.
2: And we're talking about the red court and how they handle people and how they might want to keep things, there's a couple areas that come to my mind.
4: Of course, where, where? The
2: poor neighborhoods of Isla de Oro, the Groves, which is right next to the Heights, and Cabo Siervo, which is where all the industry and their international airport is, but it's also the poorest neighborhood, and it's one of the areas in California. It has a tremendously high rate of violent crime.
4: There
2: you so that's probably where the
1: Red Court has their strongest ties. Yeah, how close are we to the uh, Mexican border?
2: Hmm. A few hours drive. You'd have to go past Los Angeles to get there. You're from Los Angeles, so you have to drive through Los Angeles. But to me, Los Angeles feels like a red court city. I mean, even in real life. And then yep. San Diego, but San Diego, not terribly far. Issues like illegal immigration, coyotes um, smuggling, people in and even the pretty much the civil war that's going on in Mexico right now in our world would definitely be able to influence Isidoro. I picture them having a play, having an impact on the city.
4: Yeah. yeah.
0: The showy houses made me think of Laguna Beach a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm. That'd probably be a good model for it, although it's more secluded, hilly, winding avenue shaded with ancient oaks, big plantation-style or mission-style houses set well back, that kind of thing.
0: Right. Almost more like Malibu,
3: kind of.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. All right.
3: So we got the city trying to get itself out of its slump while the Red Court and other factions are trying to keep it down. Keeping the brother down.
1: Well, I'm going to propose that the White Court is trying to bring it up.
3: That makes sense. They're more metropolitanly minded.
1: Yes. More sophisticated.
3: There you go. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, they thrive on industry and human endeavor while Redcourt's like... Rich and wealth and... Yeah, and Redcourt's like, make them cattle.
1: Yeah, they're more about feeding. Okay. So
2: there's a... There's a movement right now, kind of like an economic movement. In the south of the city, there was an area that was developed during the dot-com boom and then fell apart, you know, almost immediately. And now more established IT companies are moving into that area and that's kind of where some of the new industry is coming in do you picture the white court being involved in that yes
3: white court switching it to white collar
2: Yes. write that
3: down and that's, that's, good. A question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: that's good that's nice, nice. that's <laughs> a theme
3: there's a theme
2: that could definitely be a theme now i want to ask before we move on to the stage where we get specific uh, which we don't have to do right away how much do you guys want to be secret from you? How much do you want to develop the big ideas and let me develop the faces or locations? And how much do you guys want to get in, do the detail, and then just separate that from character knowledge?
0: I personally think it's more fun, if we have a hand in setting up the local things that affect our characters, mm-hmm. but then you have the big plot so that we don't... I mean, I know what the Forge independent people say about how, well, if you know all the secrets, then you can do all the cool foreshadowing, but there's something kind of cool about the, oh, shit! Didn't see that coming!
3: Given the limitations of time and location and our connectivity and everything, I'm inclined to think to let you take probably a larger chunk of the uh, grunt work than perhaps the book would suggest. So kind of, yeah, backing up what Eric says mm-hmm. for different no, reasons. what's your feeling?
1: I'm good with just having a pretty decent say in the beginning on some locations and some major players, mm-hmm. and then letting you kind of hack control after that. Yeah, I'm okay. fine with that.
2: So here's um, my thought then. As we go into the specifics or even the storming, I'll let you guys have your head, and you guys sound to me like you're going to basically self-regulate. If you don't want to know something, it sounds like you're going to be like, hey, dude, take care of that so that we don't know it. But I really like the idea. I've, I've become sold on reading this on the idea of you guys creating a lot of stuff. I, I really dig the idea of that. So I'm going to let you do what you want to do and then I'll handle whatever grunt work needs to be handled.
4: All right.
0: Well, and yeah. I, I Sorry, reserve sir. the right to become sold on it as well, having not actually reading the City Creation chapter. Uh, uh,
2: thankfully, I know some great players who have invited me to go through that with them, and so you should be able to hear some of that. And I think, <laughs> especially with these guys, that you'll be able to see a great example of how that works. Cool. And I also want to do it with you guys, too.
4: All
2: right. All right. Let's see. What else did we want to look at? Are there any... Oh, uh, we talked about the forts. Blind Geek, you like the forts... There's just something about that whole vibe that you dig. Yeah. The idea of the past surviving in the, present. in the present. Yes. And I know, Josh, you like the weird mythical past, the, the bizarre story about yeah. Isla de Oro back in the hundreds, when it was even mapped out as an island. And a lot of that stuff matches what you can find today, except it ain't a freaking island. Uh, right. And there's definitely no all-female society of warriors running around on it. You like the idea of bringing that in somehow, maybe like, from the Neph. I, li- I, like, I do I like,
0: like the all-female warriors. Yes, that's an awesome little. Anyway, go on. Sorry, Josh.
3: I have nothing against all-female female, female <laughs> warriors. It's been well-established <laughs> in my life. <laughs> no, I like the mythology and legendary behind any city, but this one specifically. So, like anything that brings that up, the the weird stuff is what I like. The weird stuff coexisting with the modern stuff is what I dig.
2: Great. So are there any features, locations, neighborhoods, or other ideas that you guys want to look at? Or when you saw any of this, that stood out to you?
3: I like the observatory. I like the high-energy uh, research center that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. That makes me think of high-energy magic department in the unseen University. <laughs> <laughs> I like the past with the conquistadors and all that, because conquistadors just make great villains. Natural History museums begging for something that happened, but I can't really specifically say what. Okay. Because well, we I liked, like I the, the abstract end of Deadbeat sculptures in the park, too. That was the other thing I liked. What's that? Abstract iron sculptures in the park I liked. Yes. I don't know what they are, but they should be something. Yeah.
2: Moondog, with <laughs> me fill you in. It's not
3: abstract at all. It's shoving the good off. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Moondog real quick, there's a large city park sort of in the northeast corner of Isla del Oro. And at its western border, where it turns into a native marshland preserve, there's these seven abstract iron sculptures. Okay, that does sound kind of cool.
0: Maybe they're lined up like Stonehenge, and it's a gateway to the Never-Never of some sort.
3: Yeah, actually, that works really well. Marking a far gate or something. Or a, a, a way. That's the word I'm looking for. One of them, marking out a way to the never-nether. That's not bad.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Anything else like this that comes up, or whatever, as we're talking about other stuff, just bring it right out. We're doing sort of structured brainstorming, I think is how the book puts it. So don't feel like if we're in one particular area, you absolutely have to stay on. If you think of something from the city or whatever, just bring it out there and we'll play with it.
3: It seems like the big threat right now, sounds like it's going to be the Red Court. Yeah. Which is after- really... Mm-hmm.
2: I really think
1: it's a struggle between the Red Court and the White Court.
3: With everyone else trying to stay out of the way or... Get their little piece. Pieces of power? Yeah. I like that.
2: So let's go ahead and move into themes and... We're aiming for a total of three. A theme. The idea is that it's a problem, but it's a very old problem. Really well entrenched. Not necessarily a guy you can go out and get. Or a place you can cleanse, or, or what have you.
3: Right, it's part of the atmosphere.
2: Whereas threats are comparatively recent problems, and uh, the book says it very well. They say it should feel like something the characters can get at and stop. Uh, we're looking at a total of three, any mix of themes and threats.
3: main theme sounds like what we're having right now is the old and poor bumping up against the new and rich because you got the blue collar refineries and shipping stuff that's struggling trying to go up against and while you've got the new white collar and silicon valley stuff popping in and meanwhile you do have neighborhoods of the really poor neighborhoods right next to the really rich neighborhoods
2: so would that be something you guys would
3: it's more like um, a theme i would say yeah
2: i was gonna say is that something you considered like a theme or a threat and keep in mind we don't necessarily have to work with everything that we come up with we're sort of tossing ideas out narrowing them down to the three that we want to
3: have and that kind of also, pluralism and dualism seems like more of a theme than a threat because it's that status quo
1: so you're saying a theme is kind of like blue collar versus white collar
3: no well, yeah I guess I'd be like that see I kind of yeah. see that as a threat
4: Yeah, but it doesn't seem like there's anyone
3: specifically behind it. It just seems like that's how it's kind of going. It's the old stuff. Not even just blue-collar, white-collar, as much as old and new.
1: I can see that as a theme also.
2: Yeah, a theme is definitely a problem. It's just one that generally is older and well-established in the city.
3: There's no one we can kill that's going to change that problem.
2: Okay.
3: Is it necessarily a problem, though? It just sounds like a fact. kind of it well it's a-
2: exactly and that's what it to the theme the people living in the city would be like well that's just the way Isadoro is
3: that's the way it is
1: well i would throw out an idea on that that we call that theme something like the wall is breaking down mm-hmm. i'm using my old russian on there and the the wall the berlin wall coming down oh. mm-hmm. so the red court is the blue collar keeping the people down and that wall is being broken down by the white court and, to some extent, the other factions that are moving into the area. Yeah,
0: is the idea that the white collar—wait, the white collar—is the?
3: Look, so I'm not. I'm not even is like the, the idea least, that the rich are trying to, to overtake and remove the poor. I'm not even conflating so much like the the red court. This is like something beyond the red court because I think we're conflating two issues that could be separate. Because the red court, certainly, a problem compounding this, but the thing I'm seeing is that you've got, it's it's just kind of what's going on with living right next to Detroit, I see this, and just generally in the country as a whole, it's like where you do have, like, you have the older manufacturing-based economy, and it's changing to the more service or uh, tech industries, and that's causing issues with the city, and then you've also got some gentrification, where you've got the older, poorer neighborhoods bumped up right against the heights where all the rich people are, so it's kind of more like a strange bedfellows type of thing, where you've got the rich right next to the poor, and not a lot of middle class, and it's just I don't want to say Dickensian.
1: So you're talking more like tradition versus change. There you go. Oh, I like that.
3: Old school versus new school.
1: Yeah, That would be, yeah, another way to look at it. Yeah. That might be a, a good at... idea.
3: Yeah, that so would be a looking theme, looking. but then like a threat would certainly be like a red court.
2: Losing like, uh, ground.
3: So yeah, the red court coming like in. I'm and... trying to get a word in it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no.
2: This is good. This is good. When, if I'm not talking, that means you guys are doing um, my Our work job. for me.
4: Yes. <laughs>
2: even better, my job. That's true. Okay. So we're looking at tradition versus change here, and we want that to represent sort of a polarization of the city in general. Right. Between all kinds of aspects that we have. Okay, gotcha. that threat. We're talking about the Red Court losing ground.
1: Well, that's more of a threat, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at some of the examples they use for threats in here. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of the Red Court's expanding their territory into this city. It's kind of the reverse of that. The Red Court is losing territory in the city.
3: But they're getting desperate uh-huh. and fighting to keep hold of
0: it. No, wait. No, wait, right. no the white court, the emotion court, the black court is Bram Stoker. What's the red court? Red they're court the are blood bloodsuckers,
4: bloodsucking
3: blood bat things disguised in human flesh. Scenes. Oh, that's the Bram, Bram.
0: Wait. No, no, they're that... more
3: like nasty black bat creatures, but they hide themselves in human skins. Uh, oh, like, like Bianca. In...
4: Yeah, yes.
1: yes. Bianca was red court. Okay. Where black court are black living court corpses. is Dracula.
3: Yeah, okay. Dracula. Gotcha.
1: He doesn't hide behind a mask.
4: Soon, but Go yeah, on. the
3: Red Court could be trying to hold on to their power and getting desperate, and to say nothing. In fact, there's a big old war going on between the White Council and the Red Court.
4: Mm-hmm. And the White Council could believe.
1: be behind the White Court, you know, oh, yeah. and 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 mm-hmm. playing the White <laughs> Court off into the area.
3: Well, because they're trying to get the White Court to help them in the war. Exactly. Ah, so oh, you've and got the Red the white Court, Council, you know, if, with the war the going on, the court, Red Court would certainly want to keep their manufacturing base on because they've got resources that they need for the war. They
1: need their troops.
3: Yeah. Well, they need troops, they need materials, and they're right there. they got big power bases in Mexico and South America, so this would make sense for that, too.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. And I like that also because one of the old names for Isla del Oro was the Gateway to the West.
3: And we got those two mountains named Sangre, too, which is yep. prophetic.
2: So we're looking at the Red Court struggling to hold ground as a threat do we want to translate that to a specific incursion by a specific group we don't have to but what do you guys think
3: well whoever the red court power base is so they might have a big company or industry or corporation that they control or some old entrenched family mm-hmm. Actually, that's just not bad like an old i don't know what you'd call the mexican gentry that have been there forever We'll just call them the Mexican gentry for now. Or you could even go if you want to go like drug running families like you have in LA and whatnot, but.
2: Mm-hmm. That's definitely something that's going on, particularly on Cabo Siervo, the headland that's full of all that industry and the very poor.
3: But yeah. Do but you have some old entrenched family or something that's now raising their power, their ability? Mm-hmm. A red court version of the Wraiths, basically. Yeah,
1: pretty much. And see, this is where I kind of want you to decide in the background,
2: old blood, Roger. That so, as, as far as is.
1: we've given you this kind of the theme, uh, you know, or the threat mm-hmm. of the red court becoming more desperate, we could say maybe that is a combination of different groups there. Mm-hmm. But you really know what's going on, Roger.
3: I mean, we should know the major names because that's not going to be a secret. Yes. No, 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 no. I mean,
1: obviously the white court's going to be involved. The white council's going to be involved. More thing um, about it, the
3: more I like kind of the idea of old blood, red court family that's just desperately trying to hold on to things and are getting violent and direct, taking more risks. Yeah,
1: not afraid. And the, and,
3: and, the, and the guy in charge of it looks like the Dosecki's guy.
1: Yeah, and they're more they're, <laughs> <laughs> and they're more likely to, you know, the unwritten rule that those that are not in the know, the red court is more likely to say, "Fuck it." we're losing our um, territory we've got to do everything we damn the rule about whether they know or not
3: yeah that's not bad so they're desperate taking time. on desperate th- times call for desperate measures
1: exactly so they're taking bigger risks which is causing more hostilities in the city you know mm-hmm. which is allowing more people to go hmm
3: rising gang wars as a front yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think desperate times call for desperate measures might be a good answer. that's a good theme actually
2: good yeah theme. i like it a lot Or an aspect.
0: Or a city aspect. They do city aspects? Is that even a thing? Uh,
2: Yes. That
0: might be a good aspect for the city right there. Yeah. Or for at least that part of the city.
1: Each theme and thread has an aspect with it, I think. Yep. Yep.
0: Then that one would be the one for the one we've been talking about. That's awesome. Okay. Well, the
1: thread is the red courts losing ground. The the aspect is desperate times. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Yep.
2: Okay, so I'll put those down as ideas for that, and some of that I can develop. I'll definitely develop the specifics of it in the background.
1: Yeah, that's what I feel, because that's going to intrigue me as a white-corp vampire. Well, how much power do we really have as a group? The only -hmm.
0: only time it might get a little blurry is if we want to have our characters have certain ties to... Let's not say ties, that makes me think of, I am your father. I mean, links to some of these people somehow... We might want to be able to have some kind of say as to who the people are. Well, and that's we Yeah, that's what we're, we'll
1: that's, yeah, and that, that's what but, we're doing now. Okay. Yeah, and then he'll you know, fill in yeah.
3: the blanks. Okay. Because he's
1: going to probably come up with the family on the red court. Yeah. Yes. You know, and but I he, want my family involved as one of the white court families.
3: Right. My character, as I'm thinking, is going to be more a little street level as well with the white council, kind of like, okay, there's innocent people here that need to be protected.
1: And that's where I think you could bring the church in.
3: Yeah, while playing nicey nice with the white court, Mm -hmm. playing nicey nice with the white court—that might be an aspect. Love to have.
4: I
0: I would love to have if if we have a big church in the city. I would love to have a gargoyle on the church, and I'm not talking. Let's get Let's get Hunchback of Notre Dame Disney thing out of our heads because those characters were friggin'
3: annoying. But I do like more. I'm thinking more like Goliath and Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. That's gargoyle. thank you.
0: That's what I was thinking. It, it, I would you I could love to play the, the gargoyle.
1: Yeah, I have no. Instead of playing a knight, call. you could play the gargoyle. Yeah,
0: I might just oh, Dude, that. What I was thinking, though, what the Knights of the Cross? What are their is their take on werewolves? What I was thinking was, wouldn't it be interesting if a character ended up being a Knight of the Cross and then got bitten? Is he um, still able to be a knight, or is he, is yeah, he I mean, banned from that? Maybe he has to keep it secret so that the church doesn't find out, because as far as
3: God is concerned, it's okay that he's a werewolf, but the church so may have other ideas. There's so many varieties of werewolf in Dresden that I can imagine that wouldn't be an issue. I mean, Michael doesn't have a problem with Billy and all that. That's true. They're not infected werewolves.
1: No, they're shape-changers.
3: Mechanically, I don't think you'll have enough points to do uh, that. That was
0: my next question. Yeah. <laughs> Might be better off going with the gargoyle, because I do like that idea as well. <laughs> you could give him some fancy true faith kind of powers, refresh. too.
3: If you want to keep with that, I mean, you could easily just give them some fancy true faith powers. Like, yeah, I'm a gargoyle. I'm off a church. <laughs> I am holy ground. <laughs> There's an aspect right there. Yeah,
2: that's a great aspect. <laughs> okay, so we've got... Tradition versus change, representing a sort of polarization of the city as a theme.
4: Right. Yes. As a threat
2: we have, the Red Court is losing ground. Specifically, they're becoming more desperate, and that's leading all kinds of problems. So we're looking at one more theme or threat for the city. It can be something general for the whole area. It could be tied to a specific group or place. Um, what do you guys think?
3: I kind of mm, like the more. idea of another big bad that's beyond the vampire courts and the councils like, uh, like a dragon, like a dragon or some elder evil like that. I mean, we've got we. Uh, really there's, a in here there, we're, we're also right next to the ocean, them. so there could be any number of things there.
1: Well, I think those iron statues that you're talking about in the park. Yeah, mm-hmm. could come into play with that.
3: Yeah, there could be even like a far gate, uh, outer gate that's breaking down. And that would definitely be something for the courts for all the different factions to fight over.
1: And sometimes Um, they might have to fight together over that.
3: Yeah, it's like, hey, we can get in charge if we can wrangle this dragon, for instance, into our submission or whatever. If we can lasso Cthulhu, then those white court bastards won't know what hit them.
4: (laughs) See, I like that
2: idea because it ties in with the polarization of the city, and it also ties in with the... um, desperation and the increasing danger.
3: Yeah. So it could be something else or. that's being, a, you know, something that's being roused by all the conflict and then...
1: And it could bring other... in other groups, like that's why the fairies are here.
3: Yeah, so I mean, I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of some big fairy bad besides the... Uh... God, I wish we knew more about the uh, Fomorians because they were really cool, but they has not said anything. They haven't done much yet, and they haven't done anything in Eric's Red yet. Mm-hmm. Well, what we don't know, we can make up. That's the beauty of it being our I game. I think
1: there's only one reference to th- that dragon. They're like,
3: they show up in a short story and I think barely in the books.
1: Yeah, what is uh, that I'm dragon like that in takes. book
0: three? He's at the party with Susan mm-hmm. and there's a dragon that shows up and knocks him on his ass practically. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then we never hear from him again in the entire rest of the, well. He's
3: going to show that. up again. Okay. He has, he's he has said he will show up again. Stuff. Okay. All right. um, the Fomorians are the it. next big villains in the series. They just mm-hmm. haven't they're building up right now. Well, I could
1: see that the next big baddie be in the Fallen, too.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, it's gonna the, the series is going to end with a three-part apocalyptic trilogy, so it's going to be all sorts of stuff.
1: We might get there first. He might want to listen like... to this.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, no, I'm, I'm trying to think of big fairy bads, and I'm thinking of Earl King as possible, the Tuatha de Danon, which are the true fae, those basically fairy gods. Uh, like the Morrigan. Yeah, like the Morgan.
1: Well, why do we have to define that? Why can't he? That's true. That could be something I could we... Because I did. like
3: fairy lore, that's why.
1: We could give him parameters. We want it to be fairy lore. But what then he can kind God, of decide.
3: Like Crom or something coming back here.
1: Yeah, I mean, so we you wouldn't...
3: Want
2: and you want this to be something that can draw everyone in. Because of what it is, how it might be used, or the danger it represents—something that yeah, pretty much everyone like a would be
3: in—like in. a loose nuke.
2: Okay, I'm going to put down threat, big, bad, and then I can develop that. If you guys don't want to know the specifics, I'm more than happy to create something like that.
1: I think that could really be something we role play out and become part of our story. Yeah.
4: What if yeah. It, I don't, I don't, what if I
3: don't it, want finding out what that big bad is to be a major thing, finding out what it is, but once we find out, it should be a moving thing. Yeah. Roger right. that.
4: Yeah, what so to the point bad, that I'm fine if we know what it is.
0: What if the big bad is masquerading in something that on the surface seems very, not insignificant, but compared to what it actually is, it would be insignificant. Like, sort of the equivalent of if John Marconi was... Marcone uh, Marconi. <laughs> Marcon, well, depend the audio book. You know, whatever.
1: Um, yeah. Wrong.
3: <laughs> or Odin. In his little... Uh, whatever. Oh, yeah. The, they come in. Yeah, whoever the company is that uh, Sigrid works for.
1: Yeah, I don't think Eric knows about that
3: yet. Uh, it could even be just a dragon. A dragon's just kind of obvious, which is why I'm like, yeah, dragons are nice, but...
1: Well, that's why if we let him...
3: Yeah. I'm trying to come up with...
1: Wasn't there one book where... Who was that big bad nightmare guy that was coming
3: in? The Skinwalker?
1: The Skin Changer? Yeah, but there was another one. The race were trying to... Remember when he was underneath the race with the women and they were trying to summon something? Oh,
3: oh, that was one of the true fallen. Oh, that
0: was the one in the porn studio, right?
3: Yeah, that was one of the true demons or whatever. I can't remember what they're called. It's from Blood rights. See, that Whoever could be walks, something. They,
1: it could no, be a dragon. It could behind. be a demon. It could be yeah, anything. Yeah, that's what I
3: was thinking something from Beyond the Outer Gates. Yeah, it was like one of the...
1: If you want to make it a nuke, why don't we just say Lucifer and call it even?
3: I'm not against that. <laughs> that's what I I'm mean, saying. We have a good link for he the church to with... be involved. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you know, good job, Chris. Yeah, well. Wow. <laughs> All right, uh, he good, could make so, it
1: anything he wants, and big as bad. And
3: I'm fine with that, and that definitely I'm, makes a reason for loose. Luc- okay, um, so, let me make sure I
2: understand you guys correctly. You want a big bad. You don't want its identity to necessarily be a huge mystery.
3: Right. No, we but, could probably
2: find out relatively early. Okay, but you want it to be a major force in the story.
3: Basically like a loose nuke that people are trying to get at. And it may have
1: its minions trying to take its territory, you know, getting territory, and it actually creates situations where, hey, maybe we need to work with this red court vampire.
4: Yeah, okay. it's
0: got to be something where even if we know the identity, we can't. It doesn't do matter. It, well, I mean, it matters that we know who it is, but we can't. It does. Yeah, I I'm think fine we're the same with. Page. I'm fine
3: with its motivations being so beyond our comprehension that we don't even know what it wants. Yep. Like. But we just know it's bad.
1: I know it wants my character, but that's a whole different story. (laughs) I really
0: like it. it I really like like, it. We know
3: who it is. Now we can go
0: kill it. Now we know who it is, but we still can't. But
1: we don't have the strength to kill it. Yeah. Yeah. And we might have to cooperate with our enemies to slow it.
3: Or maybe they want to to wrangle it and use it for their own. Yeah, exactly. Or Or we
1: want to wrangle it and use it for our own.
3: If we're dealing with Lucifer, we can't exactly. Yeah, Lucifer is exactly like the level I'm thinking. Like, yes, so you found a gate to the eighth circle of hell where Lucifer's chained, and the Red Court's going after him to get him.
2: Okay, so my understanding. Holy shit!
3: Lucifer is breaking out of his chains. Yep. Now we need to team up the Red Court to put him back but maybe they want to get him too who knows yeah that kind of thing
2: okay so I'm understanding correctly you want this to be a major force that really affects the plot and the story and yeah. the politics you want it even.
1: to be a major force that really affects every city's plot and yeah apocalyptic Excellent.
2: yeah okay which brings, down apocalyptic.
0: which brings to mind a question of realizing you know that... it could even
3: be Cowl for that matter Cowl's pretty cool too and I think wait it.
0: hold
2: on I'm sorry blanky. go ahead
0: it just brings to mind the question of realizing that we are starting off and sticking to the canon as closely as possible. It sounds like we're veering into territory where we could potentially, at, th- at some point, we're going to say, screw the books because yeah, <laughs> we're going in a different direction.
4: Let, Let that's me explain my yeah.
2: point of view on this is that we are using the ideas that we love yeah. to play a game that we will enjoy. And it doesn't have to be a simulation of the Dress and Files. We're not trying to write the next book, and we don't have to follow in the footsteps of the major characters. We're telling our own story right. here because we love what Butcher has done, love what the folks who created this game have done, and we're going to just run with that and have a load of fun.
3: Cool. Yeah, we're using his stuff as foundation, and we're building our own house. Cool. And who
1: doesn't love Lucifer? <laughs> as a villain.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say there's a couple priests in my family who could probably actually have a say, very interesting conversation <laughs> with you about that
0: now we could have Alistair Crowley show up in our game somewhere
2: oh man you can get anything you want at Alistair's restaurant That's,
0: oh
3: hey Z Ooh. that there's our neutral ground <laughs> <laughs> okay
4: Alistair's restaurant up for Alistair's
2: <laughs> okay, yeah, All right, like... we've got our three themes and threats here. I'd like to move on to sort of a high-level view, the kind of the next step here. Okay. They say somebody cares about the city. I think we've laid some of the groundwork for this. What supernatural group or entity is invested in the way things are now in this world?
3: Uh, the Red Court. I mean, they want to Definitely. keep out on their power. They want to keep things in turmoil, and they mm-hmm. want to keep hold of their power. So the Red Court
2: is the group that cares about the supernatural status quo. That status quo being a certain amount of chaos, but that's the existing situation in the city where it was before everything started going to hell from their point of view. Right. right. What about the mundane status quo? What group is interested in the status quo?
1: Hmm. I'm thinking maybe the church. No. Yeah, the church is always interested. What in- about mm-hmm. the city council who wants to keep the blue collar jobs? I mean, they want to bring white collar jobs there, but they want to really keep the foundation because they know they've got poor neighborhoods and low trained and low tech people. So they really want to keep the blue collar jobs there and bring more factory type jobs in.
3: I was kind of thinking maybe the artist community because they like having that kind of grit. And it feels more real to them as opposed to the kind of polished tech jobs coming in, the gentrification, the yuppies buying up the old places and whatnots. Everything mm-hmm. becoming standardized. and They don't want what happened to the village in Soho happening to Pearl Street, for example.
2: And there's a history of that in the city.
3: Yeah, I like going to the park and seeing junkies and whores out there, man. The city's got grit.
2: It's got <laughs> character. That's what a lot of Plow Beach, that neighborhood, was like. Yeah. For a while, it was actually kind of a poor neighborhood. Yeah, so the same and... thing was
3: Giuliani cleaning up Times Square and you get some yeah. of the – yeah.
2: It got cleaned up, and now a lot of those people, the same types of people, are in the area around Pearl Street. Yeah. And some of the gentrification is starting to happen there. People are buying up old businesses, turning them to loft apartments.
4: Happening um, in Cleveland, some...
2: too. Yeah.
3: The flats are gone.
2: I like that idea. So, again, it sounds like we're kind of looking at the polarization of the city, which I, like. I really like the, the tie in with one of our themes here. But we're not quite decided – is the city council more interested in the status quo? Is the artist community... It doesn't have to be, this is the only group who cares.
3: City council, I can imagine, wanting to clean up the city, because if there's a lot of gang violence and all that, I'm sure they want things to probably clean up whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the not city, concerned about the character. They just want crime down and business coming in. They're going to be for whatever's going to make the city money. And if they've got the white court infiltrating the city council.
1: What if the artist city
3: councilman, Chris?
1: I'm thinking about it. What if the artist control the city council?
3: That's highly unlikely. <laughs> Why? Because most of them
0: don't even vote. <laughs> well, that and the agendas are completely polar opposites. So then we've, dec- yeah. we've
1: decided that the group that supports the mundane would be the hippies.
3: Yeah, exactly. They want to keep, keep your electronic places out of here.
1: Well, then the city council would be the mundane group that's trying to change.
3: Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's kind of what we're going to get into next, actually. That's an excellent segue. So we're really thinking that the beatnik types,
3: Bohemians is what I've been calling them. Yeah.
2: The descendants of Jack Kerouac and the like, are the ones who want to keep the city the way it is. Yeah. With a bit of friction and this polarization they feel makes it lively.
3: Right. No matter how ill conceived that is. So, who wants to rock the boat? City council, they want to clean things up. White court, they want to knock the red court out.
2: Hey. And actually, you know what, I'm kind of doing and this And I can wrong. see
3: the ferry courts just stirring the pot for the sake of stirring the pot. Are we talking about local, let's say,
0: restaurants being replaced with fast food chains and all that kind of crap as well?
2: In downtown and in the newer residential areas to the south, yes. But there are still a number of older neighborhoods which haven't been redeveloped mostly because they're kind of poor. But there's still a number of older neighborhoods that have a lot of these little local places. You have to be sort of a local and you have to know where to find them. But they're definitely there.
0: I was just thinking that could be another group that is a small business owner that is like, hey, we don't want this coming in and screwing up what's been a good thing for us. It could be not just about the crime versus cleaning up, I mean, it could also be something like the city council wants to get a lot of the more generic, because it's a more guaranteed... The chains. The chains, because it's a more guaranteed cash flow. Mm-hmm. So it could also not just be artists that are against us, it could be the small business owners and such. Right.
1: Can we have an aspect called Walmart is evil? <laughs>
2: <laughs> quite possibly we'll see that depends on how important we want that to be to the story but joking aside that could be representative of the general idea of sort of right. genericizing they're all made out of tiki tacky and they all look just the same yep. you know that kind of thing yep. happening
0: yeah. the older okay. I get the more I am against that <laughs> I didn't used to care no I love where I live I don't like it for certain reasons but one of the things I do like it is we have places like there's a local hamburger place Called Jody's and up until fairly recently, Jody was a cook there. Awesome. Stuff like that. I love stuff like that where you go in and you can actually talk to the person who actually owns the place.
3: Yep. yep. Just... And that goes to get up the tradition versus modernity stuff yep. too.
4: Yep.
2: And that's something I really see as being part of the character of these del oro is that the longtime residents, the locals, are proud of having some of that local character. Yeah. Okay, so we're looking at the boat rockers as being the city council because they want to clean up the city. Yeah, and maybe sort of standardize it even. Homogenize.
3: Yeah, shining that's white the word I was looking for. Yeah, oh, ivory homogenize. tower thing.
1: Yeah, they want money and power.
3: Homogenized. That's a good one. Yeah,
2: and that ties in with our polarization and tradition versus change. Uh- okay. Give me a supernatural group that wants to rock the boat.
0: The Jacksons!
2: The White
1: Council. The White Court.
0: Yeah, how would the White Council fit into all this?
1: They don't like the Red Court. They're at war with them. Mm-hmm. So they yeah, want they to destroy so. Red Court power. Red Court power the... represents tradition. Yeah,
3: The White Council... There's too many things called white in this game.
4: Yeah. It's easy yeah. to keep straight.
3: Yeah, Fair. I can white court and white council constantly get mixed with me the white council the wizards i can see just trying not so much status quo versus change as much as just trying to keep things under wrap and just trying to keep a lid on things i don't know
0: wouldn't they want to be more on the side of tradition because the more things become homogenized the more things become electronicized I'm starting to, this is starting to, homogenized, electronicized.
1: I see them wanting to be more on the side of the city council. Yeah. Really? Because they want to bring down tradition, because that will bring down the Red Court.
2: And from the way you guys have been talking about it, Isla de Oro is a focal point, a fulcrum, even, in the battle, at least for the Western United States. against.
3: That's true, and yeah, so if they bring down their industry base... Yeah, that's
1: true. They'll want to bring down the artists who are in league with the Red Court.
3: Well, not knowingly, but yeah, they want to... They right. Just basically, I can actually see there being schisms within the White Court on this... Of course, uh, of course. Or White Council, I mean. Oh, yeah, uh, I
1: agree. And that's another thing that he could decide on who's really behind the scenes.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: None of these groups have to be monolithic. In fact, I would say they shouldn't be.
1: I'm pretty sure the White Court wants to rock the
2: boat.
3: The court definitely wants to rock the boat.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because they're against the red court and so are the white council. So That's we it. have. I can
3: see the Fae just stirring the pot just for the sake of stirring the pot. Yeah, they'll stick their nose in. Oh, and if, I mean, if, yeah, if the vampire courts destroy each other, then they can move in.
2: Yep. So, what about mortal response to the supernatural? What kind of group are we looking at here? Is there any kind of coherent response? to the Shadow World, the Hidden War, all that stuff. You know, in Chicago, <laughs> Gee,
3: I possibly. thought about that, but I don't want to.
2: <laughs> We could bring it in. I warn you that it would be significant. But different probably from the Genius game that I, X Games produced. I'd but... prefer not.
3: <laughs> okay. For a was, number of reasons. <laughs> I was more saying it for a laugh than anything else. <laughs> no, I, I, try, I actually at one point thought to figure out, like, is how that game I even out? out? It is, yes. Okay. that has been for a few weeks. It has been Get yourself okay. a copy, sir. It's a great game. I know it's California, so and this is a gross generalization of California, but I imagine I, I, I'm sure there's all sorts of airy fairy, earth mother, crystal, flower type people who think they know a lot about magic, especially up in the hills. Yeah, yeah. May some, <laughs> and may have some connection or inkling about what's going on, but are unaware of the true uh, depth of it. You know what's hmm. funny
0: about that? And I speak from a certain amount of experience in this, having lived in Orange County for most of my life. The more affluent areas you get into, the more you find those people that you're just talking about who are the new-agey, crystal...
3: It's those poor folk are cynical. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> but they think they know a lot about how magic works. And I just think it would be interesting to see the people who are the boat rockers are the affluent side of things, and yet, the mortals there are the ones on that side of things who think they know what's going on, but they really, in our story anyway... Like some self-help
3: don't. guru who yeah. has a minor talent and thinks he's all that. Exactly. Like, like that, actually. Yeah.
2: So I actually <laughs> wrote Earth Mover types, um, but we're trying to say Earth Mother types.
3: <laughs> <laughs> mover and Shaker Earth Mothers.
4: with their channeling
3: and their spirit guides and all that I've known a few of those in my time I'm going to go talk some lightning bolts out I'll get back to y'all
2: so we're looking at at least some people in what it sounds like is that Isle de Oro has a healthy growth of subcultures, or an unhealthy growth, depending on your point of view, which would include the artisans, but also kind of some navel gazers, people who believe that crystals have energy, that kind of thing. All I know and about
3: California comes from 1980s movies, so I assume they all gather are not completely off base. Yeah. I assume they all gather for other channeling sessions and all that. and
1: I narrow that all down to groups? fast times at Ridgemont High.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so some of these groups may be partially clued in. Yeah. They may not understand what they understand, but they've got little bits and pieces of knowledge. Am I understanding you right?
0: Yeah. yeah that would be a cool PC. I'm not sure I want to play it, but well, that's, that's, cool that's my my character my, in our in our story somewhere. Maybe it would be an NPC, but someone who starts out that way and then starts to find out what's really going on and has to come to terms. Yeah, my
3: my character is basically keeping an eye on those people. I'm like, okay, they're just throwing crystals around, no problem. They're not going to do anything. Oh, wait a second, that guy's accidentally stumbling into some shit. Never mind. <laughs> like, no. like uh, hey, here's some stamps. Maybe you should take up stamp collecting instead.
2: <laughs> so what are some things tied in with the local supernatural community? Kind of on that note.
3: We should probably here. think of what kind of neutral ground we have.
2: We'll get to that when we get locations, although we certainly can develop it now, it's definitely something that I think you guys are going to want to address when we get to locations. Sure enough. So, what else can you tell me about the local supernatural community? How big a presence do we have with practitioners, for example, or I don't know, shapeshifters, stuff like that? We know the Red Court's in here. We know the White Court's moving in. We know the White Council is waging war in this yeah. city. What else can you tell me?
0: You could even have somebody who camouflages as one of those charlatan people who actually Mm -hmm. does know what's going on but they hide it under this veneer of new age crap for lack of (laughs) I I hate saying it that way because I do think some of those ideas have a certain amount of possibility but for the purpose of the blanket generalizations we're making in this yeah I just think that would be an interesting idea Uh, I'm not sure if that really answers your question
2: no no that that works works. we're throwing ideas out here
3: I like the idea of the gargoyle, either as a player character or as an NPC, working with the church.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Making note about a possible gargoyle here. Eric had said he liked werewolves. Oh, if we've got the name of the university as the Fighting Pinnipeds, mm-hmm. we could have Selkies or something in the bay, which are uh, seal shapeshifters. Mm-hmm.
0: They all have to get a little crazy every now and then.
3: Yeah, thank you. You're welcome.
2: Well, they're never going to survive. I mean, <laughs> That doesn't get a little
0: crazy.
3: <laughs> um.
2: Okay, so let me go through real quick. Um, they have a very nice city character sheet, basically, in the book, and really well-balanced designed to help you kind of guide through this. Let me go through our movers and shake, it. First of all, we've got the Red Court. Mm-hmm. And it sounds to me like we've decided that they're mostly maintainers as opposed to boat rockers. Right. Okay.
3: To the point of violence.
2: Yes. And that, in fact, is one of our themes here. Or rather, it's a threat. Obviously, they're in the know. We don't even have to answer that question. (laughs) We don't even have to ask that. Okay. We got the beatniks. I'm going to call them that just for lack of a better term, because actually it's in iso de oro and in san francisco where that movement really got started after the war i did not know that yeah in fact jack kerouac wrote a whole book about this region where he and one of his friends just went up into the hills above iso de oro so our beatniks how much are they in the know on a sliding spectrum where would you place them
3: probably like a two I was of actual two knowledge
1: yeah, I'd go when with you
3: When it comes to actual knowledge, I'd say the local Boho community is about on a two or three, yeah. As Boho opposed answers. to what they think they know. So we're going to fold. Enough to be dangerous. Gotcha. There might be enough a be few that
1: know more than that, but maybe the others don't take them as seriously as they should. Gotcha.
2: So we would have a few people then who are in the know, possibly enough to be a little bit dangerous. And I should mention at this point, those folks, I picture them being tied into the paranet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we have some known paranet members here, some yeah. minor talents. Yeah, probably a few. And they're part of sort of the beatnik community, or at least loosely associated with them.
1: Yeah, you might have a small witch covenant or something.
2: Yeah.
3: Okay. Like, yeah. There you
2: go. Our white council—they are definitely boat rockers. Yeah, the and damn white council. We know they're in the know, and the white court—we <laughs> know they're represented here. They're definitely boat rockers. Yes, we are. And they're in the know 100%. Okay, I think that's pretty much everyone that we've come up with. And guys, I'm so wrapped up in this, and someone else is going to have to keep an eye on the time.
0: We about it's, 20 minutes. Yeah, more. we got about 20 minutes.
2: Yep. Okay, would you like to start in with locations now or call it here and pick up with location?
3: We could probably do some locations.
1: Okay. Yeah, get a couple in at least.
0: I like Alistair's Restaurant. I think we should make that an official location because I just like the name. I, <laughs> I like
4: it I think that's too. cool.
2: Well, you know, by the power of Grayskull, um, you have the power. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can do that. What we're looking at is, they say, I think, a couple of locations per player.
3: I had an idea for a uh, commune
4: because mm-hmm.
3: that's where my character was going to live. Us calling it the Gomez House, would just be like an old Victorian house or just an old townhouse or something, mm-hmm. multi-stories, not too far from Pearl Street or perhaps on Pearl Street, where a bunch of the local street performers and artists and bohos live. It that may works. or may not be like on an actual Indian burial ground or somewhere important, but just basically where a lot of those folks live and Crash pad. It would have a really crappy threshold because so many people kind of move in and out of there.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: You probably should have a Catholic church.
2: Yeah, you guys, looking at my notes here, just going back, you guys had really liked the idea of the big old church. St. Thomas
1: More Catholic Church. He's my favorite saint.
3: Okay. Thomas More? Yeah. I don't know that one.
1: He wrote Utopia.
3: Hmm. I don't know that one. <laughs> Irish poet, singer, songwriter, entertainer.
2: Okay, that's good. And we should have sort of a tie, at least a loose or tangential tie with our themes and threats.
1: Well, I need to have a family mansion. Not me personally, but my family. Gotcha. Being a white court family. I'm leaning towards the name of Logan Shaw. Mm-hmm. So maybe Shaw Mansion or...
0: Shaw Manor. Stately Shaw, Shaw Manor.
1: Manor.
3: Yeah. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. I was, I was going to do
1: Logan <laughs> O'Sullivan, but I don't want to do an Irish accent.
3: <laughs> The University of Paris in Bowling Green, Ohio, which is about 20 minutes south of me where I hang out often, is St. Thomas More Parish. Awesome. I'll be near him.
2: Okay, we got the Gomez house. Uh, we got St. Thomas More Catholic Church. We got a white court family manor, mansion, or holding, or something.
3: Alistair's Restaurant. Yeah, Alistair's Restaurant. Do we want Alastair. that actually run by a retired Alistair Crowley? <laughs> <laughs> Would be well over a hundred at this point. He'd be a hundred and thirty-seven, I believe.
1: Maybe he's white council. Could be. They live a long time.
3: They do. I thought this was supposed to be neutral ground. Gl- neutral. Okay, 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 okay.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's... Yeah.
3: Well, he could be. Yeah. Yeah. So he wouldn't be wrong. He could be retired. He could be disbarred because <laughs> he was a fairly sinister character.
2: So you want Alistair's restaurant as accorded neutral ground?
3: Yeah. I like the idea of a kind of like a greasy spoon type of restaurant, like an old trailer-looking restaurant, Silver Mm -hmm. Streamline. Mm
0: -hmm. One of those hole-in-the-wall places where the food is just amazingly fantastic, and it looks like
3: shit on the outside.
4: There's going to be a mobile home park just down the road.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's like Whitey's in Fremont, Ohio, yeah. (laughs)
4: <laughs>
2: okay. Possibly run by a retired Alistair Crowley. Maybe Certainly, like that's the
3: rumor we don't know, the rumor Yes. He keeps mom. That's
2: what I'm thinking.
3: The guy looks old as hell but still spry.
4: <laughs> this is I'll good.
3: Have, I'll have the Golden Dawn breakfast platter. <laughs> 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 that's awesome. Oh
2: goodness
0: gracious. Okay.
1: Eric, do you have any location ideas?
3: Um, <laughs> okay, and behind the counter is a sign that says eat what you will shall be the whole of the law. Oh. <laughs> I'm writing that down. I insist. Eat what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> I want to start this eat restaurant Eat what thou wilt <laughs> shall be the whole of the slaw. Come oh. on. <laughs> I want to start this restaurant now.
2: <laughs> okay, and um, let's see, Moondog, I, I heard you had a question
1: I was asking Eric if he had any locations
0: um, Well, you took the church, I was going to use that one because it looks like my character may be the gargoyle seems...
1: Oh, I was just throwing it out because I thought you needed that to uh, be Yeah, gargoyle. This is
2: not an assignment of slots to players it's just a general guideline for the number of places we want to create and keep yeah. in mind that the places we create are resources for our stories, not necessarily well, this, the only places of interest.
0: This is a huge port city, so there should be some yes. area,
2: <laughs> La Tortuga of... The old la... abandoned
3: warehouse district. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of all the old abandoned warehouses down by the docks.
2: There is, in fact, a warehouse district on Cabo Siervo, the place that was formerly the logistics hub back in the day, and now is largely just, well, it's an old abandoned warehouse district, just like you read about.
3: Down by the docks. Out of
2: Please. curiosity, what theme or what threat would you see that tying in with? Red court. Roger that.
3: Yeah, I
1: see it tying in with the red court, too.
3: Gang activity, drug activity, dangerous place, where the cops don't go. That's where the old two weeks from retirement cops, when you talk about, like, yeah, something happened down at the uh, warehouse district, they will look at each other and clam up. Yeah. But if you know uh, the right people
0: there, you can get Anything at all.
3: Yeah. Kind of like
0: Alistair's restaurant.
3: Except for Alistair. That's
0: right.
2: (laughs) Well, there's rumors. Now, you guys were really interested in the observatory, Cerro Observatory, uh, Josh, especially you.
3: I was, yeah.
2: Shall we make that one of our city locations?
3: Either that or the park with the statuary garden. I think that got more. Yeah, that was. I love
0: that idea of that being a gateway somewhere. Yeah.
2: Okay, so, so let's location. tackle that one first. The um sculptures in Ezra Branch Park.
3: It could be like a nexus of kind of like Grand Central Station, like a uh, transportation hub for ways.
4: Yes. That's awesome.
3: <laughs> oh, you need to get to uh the Unseelie Realm. Oh, you gotta go left of this one. Oh, you need to go to uh Glasgow or wherever the White Council is located. Does the Hogwarts Express get there too? Probably i trying to think about the White Council, where they're in, they're in Glasgow or somewhere else in Scotland. Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah. Like, you got to go to Edinburgh or you got to go on this one over here?
2: And I can see this tying in again with the desperation of the Red Court because they lose that. That's a major resource for them to yeah. be able to get about. That's a major resource never, for never. everyone. Yeah. Yes. And right now the Red Court holds it, but that could change.
4: Or maybe, maybe.
3: the Faye hold that.
1: Yeah, and that's where I they was, come in. That's what I was thinking. Maybe the Faye hold it.
3: They could have Troll Keepers. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is well, too awesome. Do you want to use the way? Huh? Well, what are you going to give me? All right, mm-hmm. here's the dreams of a 16 year old I got from a you know something like that. They want strange ephemeral things for toll. Here's a lock toll of hair from a virgin bride. It's a toll here's toll. a. Nice. Ah, I like that. Yeah, the Fae hold that area because that's in the park, so that's all nice and natural.
4: Mm-hmm, natural. Mm-hmm.
3: And they barter strange things to have access to the ways. Okay, got it. Here's a pencil that Jim Morrison used to write down his phone number to some girl. <laughs>
0: I'm trying to remember all I can this... about the. This has been too damn long since I read any of the Dresden books, and so my knowledge memory is sketchy. As far as the Fae go, I'm trying to remember what we know about. Now. This is where I get confused because the white court is big on emotion but so is the fae.
3: The fae are almost entirely emotion. Yeah,
0: so I get confused as to who the, the distinction between a, the two. The, the white, white court, court feed off of They feed off
3: emotions. The fae The fae are, embody almost Yeah, they embody emotions. they embody basically the chaos of nature. The mm-hmm. unseelie being kind of winter and the death cycle, while and unseelie and seelie being summer and creation. Cycle, keeping in mind that cancer and Ebola are both creation. I'm just trying to think
0: <laughs> if there's maybe some reason why the Fae would want to keep the flower children doing what they do with the crystals and everything.
3: Keep in mind, too, the Fae are, oh, the true Fae are totally alien and they do what they do because they it's how they do it. So we don't really need And to there's have- going to be enough flower children giving benediction without even thinking till Queen Mav and all that and the she just. Yep making fairy gardens and all that, they're going to be amused, like, oh, how nice. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so the Ezra Branch sculptures are kind of a central station four ways. Yeah. And we want those to be held by the Fae with their troll guardians and strange tolls. Right. Okay.
3: I don't have any idea on which particular court, or perhaps it's even a joint effort, an unprecedented joint effort, I don't know. Yep. Or it could be Wild Fae, for that matter, And I think. It could yeah, be-
2: could be, could be. Seru Observatory, that had come up
3: I think I was the only one that brought that up. I like the okay. idea that Very like good. They, uh, used to observe an outer gate. And we
2: don't have to develop every single location or whatever. Yeah. This is just to get a couple ideas out there.
0: Uh, the, forts. Oh, the forts. Oh, yeah, you really liked the forts, too. I did, but I don't know what to do with them.
3: I liked the Red Court Patriarch having some big old Spanish manor, holding basically a militarized compound that looks like a Spanish manor, the kind of thing you might see in Scarface or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe up in the Heights?
3: Yeah, up in the Heights. They're connected uh,
0: to California's railway system. There should be some sort of magic... Well, we already have the gateway crossroads with the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to... Okay, let me see.
3: I'd like the airport, too, but too many wizards in an airport and planes are going to be dropping from the sky. Uh. <laughs> no, nah, that's not going to work.
0: A training center for wizards in the fort. They don't do it that way, though. They have apprentices. Well, that
3: could be a. No, but that could be where, like, say, Carlos are training wardens for the war. There we go. They are training a lot of young Mm -hmm. young cannon fodder wardens right now for the war. That's right. And they're letting Carlos and Harry do it, which is a bad idea. But there it is.
2: And a place like that could have a certain resonance. With those arts, which might make the training a little bit easier, yeah, it's it's or, or a it's a it fort, so it's
3: going to have connection to the concept of battle, in defense. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Awesome.
2: And a lot of that is off limits to the public and basically untended.
3: Oh, uh, and any number so. of white guys, uh, white court guys. It. <laughs> I know.
4: Uh. Okay,
3: good. So
2: let me just kind of brush this over real quick. The Gomez house. Mm-hmm. Its connection to the supernatural is essentially that we've got a lot of performers, and quite possibly that's also where Josh's character may be. Correct. And there may be some minor practitioners or something bunking in there from time to time. It's mm-hmm. a place where, if you're in that culture, you know about it. It's, it's based on any people...
3: number of little hippie flop houses that I know of in Toledo. Yes. Places
2: I've, I've lived all, sometimes myself when I did
3: places My wife lived for several years. There's all sorts of weirdos there reading their Crowley and there.:
2: Oh yeah.
4: And I their once lived below books.
2: the poverty line and was a couch surfer, so I know how it <laughs> is. Okay. <laughs> uh, we know it's got a bad
3: threshold. because yeah, very few permanent residents.:
2: St. Thomas More Catholic Church. What do we want to do with that?
3: St. Thomas Moore is the patron saint of troubled marriages, widowers, politicians and statesmen. Wow. Step parents, gonna... court clerks and lawyers. Good He's Lord. got
2: his work cut out for him.
3: Oh, he would be on the
0: side of the white... City council. Yeah, the city council. Damn.
2: So That ties in with the polarization of the city.
3: There's a hell of a lot well, more yeah, the on their, their side than there is the on the church... other
2: side. This yeah, there church is. Would,
3: church would certainly want to clean things up.
1: Yeah. And you're going to be a gargoyle fighting for him. Do we I don't want know. To I establish... may be a
0: gargoyle who switches sides. Maybe. Okay,
2: Nothing then. wrong with that. Do we want to establish a connection with the supernatural, with the church right now? Or leave that for a little bit later and see what I like, we I
3: like the idea of the gargoyle living there.
2: All right. I'm putting down gargoyle. What we do with that, we will see.
3: Okay. Yeah. I mean, if someone wants to take him as a player character, great. If not, he's a cool character in his own. Yeah. Yep. I might got nothing to do but read all the time I'm up here. Yeah,
0: I see a lot when I'm up here, and I've see seen things I don't. i li- would not
3: too. There's a thousand and one stories in Naked City, and I know them all. That's
4: <laughs> right. Okay, we got. <laughs> call me Rocky. The Rocky the Gargoyle Family My real name is unpronounceable no. <laughs> by organic mouth, but you can call me Rocky. I
3: like it. <laughs>
2: Uh, I almost said no right off the bat, but that actually fits with the kind of tongue-in-cheek nature of That's, some of the stuff.
3: It fits right well with Chauncey the Demon. Yes. Yeah, so. Okay.
2: <laughs> Looking at the rest of these, I see our tie-ins. Do we have enough time to do a little bit of the description on these? They talk about creating a brief description um, of the locations. Is... We got two minutes.
3: Yeah, I think we should probably call it here. Okay. Got we got the description of Alistair's restaurant down pretty good. I love it.
2: Oh yeah. Awesome. <laughs> So, <laughs> let's wrap it up here, and then next week, are we getting together again? I certainly of hope so. Of yeah. course.
3: Yeah. I hope so.
2: Definitely.
0: yeah yes. This is a weekly podcast, sir. I trust you knew that when you said you were accepting I don't know
3: what kind of podcast show. you run over there. But. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: knew it. I was hungry for it. <laughs> <laughs> So let's get together next Monday then, and if it works for you guys, we'll pick up with locations, and we'll kind of fill in the locations sheet, as it were, where we'll get their descriptions and stuff, and then we'll move on to create our faces, and maybe finish up the city creation next session. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, gentlemen, I think I'm going to take off.
2: Yep. yep. It's
1: getting late. and It's about that time. It is. I'll see you uh, next, or well, I won't see you, but I'll hear you next Monday. Yep, sounds good. Yep. Thanks.
0: And there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that city creation discussion. If you did, or even if you didn't, feel free to let us know. We can be contacted at feedback at mtmjetpack.com, or you can go to our website, www.mtmjetpack.com, and comment on the blog, or you can comment on our forums, also available from that website. Any way you go, we will respond. We are getting back on our feet, slowly but surely. Hopefully, we'll eventually get back to the point where we're posting these issues fairly close to when the sessions actually were recorded. I, for one, miss that immediate feedback, but we've got a ways to go yet, so that may not happen for a while. But we're still interested to hear what you enjoy and any thoughts you have on the issues that have been posted. So until next time, this is Blind Geek thanking you for listening to Monkeys Took My Jetpack and reminding you that your imagination is just like a jetpack. You've got to keep it fired up and always let it soar.